la 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 la. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello, welcome to episode number 57. I'm so excited about this chat today because it is going to be very relevant for many of you listening, for people who have struggled with Instagram or completely lost their love affair with it, the alternative social media platform, TikTok. So what happens when you turn your entire content strategy on its head and make TikTok your number one social media platform to attract and connect with new audiences? Well, today we find out. My guest today is Joe, the creator and founder of Love Skin, a New Zealand-based range of natural and organic skincare with a focus on botanical oils. Joe was on the podcast last year in 2021 when we talked about how she doubled her revenue in a really short period of time. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and take a listen. Joe was also a coaching client of mine at the time, and I have invited her back to give us an update on her marketing and in particular how she's making TikTok TikTok work really hard for her, her online store and her content marketing strategy, which is Ironic because when we worked together, she was dead against getting in front of the camera at all. I'm talking no photos, no stories, nothing. And we talk about that, her journey from going from video hater to complete convert. So this is an awesome episode to understand how and why TikTok is an incredibly powerful platform and how the algorithm actually works in your favor because it places interests over social connections like Instagram and Facebook. So get comfy and enjoy this episode. And this is your reminder also that Q4 is fast approaching. Everything from Halloween to summer to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas, everything kicks off for online store owners come October. And you want to have your plan in place from at least September onwards. So if you are struggling to understand what promotions you should offer, what your email campaign should be doing, how you should be marketing your offers, you need to take my course Cruise into Q4, which opens again very, very soon. It is co-hosted by my lovely friend and email marketing expert, Chris Daria, and it is going to be amazing. There's tons of bonuses, so much to learn and put into place immediately. So go to my website, lisaburn.com.au and get your name on the wait list. Hello, Joe. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Lisa. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to catch up on your marketing that you've been doing over the past, gosh, probably one to two years because we had you on the podcast back in, I think it was 2020 when it was first released. I think you're one of my first guests. Yeah. And we learned about your your business journey up until that point, the highs and the lows. 
now we're circling back and talking about your current journey and all the new stuff that you've been trying. So for everyone who doesn't know who you are, who are you? What do you do? What do you sell? Hi, my name's Jo. I have a company called Love Skin. I'm based in New Zealand and I create skincare, predominantly skincare oils for all skin, but they have amazing effectiveness for problem skin. And I've been going for seven years and I worked with Lisa in 2020, probably around that time. And then subsequently things have just gone from strength to strength. And you've been so busy trying different things. And I think we talked about that in the first episode that we did together, how you have continually invested in your upskilling and investing into the business to grow. So it hasn't been like this easy journey to success, has it? It's come with trial and massive errors in some cases and investment and wins. It hasn't been linear for you. Yeah, I think too that it seems to me that since the advent of TikTok, that platforms are changing and growing and that is creating other platform changes in other platforms in terms of social reach so that things are changing even faster than they were it seems to me two or three years ago and so being ahead of those changes or at least being aware of them seems to me to be really important especially when you're small and you've got limited budget so in order to optimize I try to be an early adopter as much as I can Yes. Yeah, you are. And where do you, I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. Is that kind of, or do you read a lot of blog posts? Like where do you stay up to date on what's changing and what's happening? Uh, for the most part, yeah, I would say podcasts are so going for a walk and putting on a podcast. Sometimes I don't like to listen to work or business related podcasts because I just feel like I need a break. But for the most part, I get a lot of inspirational ideas from podcasts. And more recently, Tuck is amazing for sharing little snippets of easily implementable ideas once you train the algorithm to know the things that you're interested in so it feeds you those things on and on. Yeah, yeah. So between now and when we spoke to each other last in 2020, what has entered your marketing mix and what has exited or what has been your new favourite and least favourite? Yeah. Okay. So this is not a short answer. So when we did that last podcast, I had just started on TikTok and I would say that for probably a good six months, I was really tentative on the platform. I wasn't wholeheartedly embracing it, but I did a lot of research and watching the platform, learning what was native to it and how to be not successful on it, but probably more just to feel comfortable to Mm. really embrace it and then I heard a couple of different things said by different people one being that TikTok is like Facebook was in 2016 so there's an amazing opportunity and this is probably within even the last three or four months it's changed again because there's a billion users on it now even three months ago you still had a bit of an early adopter advantage Mm -hmm. and so I did a lot of thinking about how I could then optimize if I was going to if I was going to focus on TikTok, how I could optimize that. So, in order to be successful on TikTok, the the common thinking is that you need to be posting three or four videos a day. Wow, on TikTok, yeah, yeah. which is a lot. And obviously, there are different people who have different ideas around this. Experts on TikTok on the platform itself, i.e., it has to be sustainable for you. Mm. Uh, and also, once you get to a certain level, you can back off a little bit 
But I decided that I was going to invest in doing at least two and sometimes four TikToks a day. And some are easier than others. Obviously, it's easy to do a video of you packing stuff. It's harder to sit down and do and explain a video, for example. But then I thought, if I'm going to be doing that, then I can repurpose those back to Instagram and Facebook. And so rather than having a kind of Instagram, Facebook centric marketing plan, why don't I shift my entire focus to TikTok and then back capture to Facebook and Instagram? Because my Instagram journey has been enormously frustrating. Yeah. I lose followers and gain followers. And I just think I'm getting some momentum. And then it turns out the followers that I got really just were following me because they wanted to be influencers and they wanted me to share product with them. All of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to focus my marketing on TikTok and then repurpose it back to Facebook and Instagram. And so that has been what I've been doing since we last spoke. That's cool. I love how you've turned it on its head and put something new but with greater potential at the top because we all know Facebook is very difficult at the moment and we can't really see any end in sight for that. Instagram also has, a you know, this is an observation and also reading research and what have you, it's lost its shine a little bit. It's stopped becoming an audience builder or a customer attractor. And for me, I think it's almost becoming more of a nurturing experience. So people who were already aware of you or buy from you, they follow you to have a conversation with the brand, to see what's coming up, to participate in the conversation around that niche, rather than I'm going to go and start an Instagram account and find my entire audience. The platforms for me, I think, has changed. So yeah, putting your focus on areas of opportunity rather than areas of struggle, which is essentially what you've done and turned it all on its head. So you're putting TikTok at the top and then repurposing from there. Do you also repurpose any content into blog posts? Yes. And so that was a little hack I was going to share. Because <laughs> the nature of my, a lot of my TikToks is that they're explainers or the ones mm. that have been most successful. A couple of learnings there. And also to your point around Instagram being such a struggle. So the TikTok algorithm is designed completely differently to Facebook. Gary Vaynerchuk did a little video on this in which he explained the fact that Instagram and Facebook have based their algorithm around social connection, whereas TikTok is based around interest. And if you think about your own social connections, for the most part, they change over the course of your life. The people that you're interested in when you're in school are completely different to the people that you're interested in when you start in business or whatever the changes are in your life. Whereas um, TikTok has its algorithm based around interest. And it also means, well, it also does send more new content to you. So it's a much better platform for discovering new brands. And I've found that just a little bit of engagement and following that I've had on TikTok, I've got more new people coming to my website and buying from me than I ever had before. Wow, um, that's interesting. Yes, one of the most successful formats for me has been my explainer videos. And what I would say about that is that because your videos are going to more people who don't know you before they see your video, so they end up on the For You page of lots of people who don't know you at all. So doing the kind of trendy do a dance or mime something of an audio that's trending 
it actually doesn't add any value to the individual who doesn't know anything about you, who's seeing you come up on their For You page and is like, why is this person miming this thing? What's the reference or the relevance? I don't know anything about them. Yes. So if you do a few explainer videos, you do start to build some momentum with people going, oh, this makes some sense. I'm interested in this. And then they start to follow you some more. Back to your question once again about the repurposing. So yeah, there's a fantastic app called Descript. Oh, I've just started using it. That's cool. It's amazing. I'm actually editing my podcasts with it at the moment. It's incredible. And there are some people that record their podcasts on it because you can, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can edit out clips just by getting rid of the words, right? Yes, that's what I'll be doing with this podcast. Cool. (laughs) So Descript, I think it's free for your first hour of... Three hours. Yeah, or three hours, which is actually a lot of TikToks. You do a two-minute TikTok, right? Yeah. So I use SnapTik, which is a free downloader, to download my TikToks and then upload them onto Descript, and Descript transcribes them. And then I just copy and paste them into a blog post. Uh, I love that. Or email, newsletter. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You've just helped me (laughs) and helped lots of other people. I, As a side note, I love the way that you approach your business. You approach marketing and everything in your business so scientifically. You don't do the, you don't do winging. You go, okay, this is a thing. I'm going to go research it, get as knowledgeable as I can in it and approach it methodically, which is so interesting. And everyone who's listening, take note because this is Joe's superpower, getting skilled in marketing. Like for example, there you, that's a process that more than me, which is so impressive that you figured this out. So yeah, good on you. And One, one other little hack. If you're interested in hacks for repurposing is repurpose.io. Have you heard of that? No. So that is a platform that you can use to repurpose your TikToks onto Instagram, Google Drive, YouTube are the main ones. And yeah, I've also been just uploading everything onto YouTube because once it's on YouTube, then you can use it in your Google ads as well. Yes, and as a search engine because YouTube is insanely powerful to be discovered in just like Google. So if you're popping in natural skincare for acne with your explainer video on YouTube, you're going to be found there. You upload it as a blog post, you're going to be found there. Pop it as an email campaign, it's going to convert and you'll be discovered obviously on TikTok. So you've created an ecosystem and making the most out of every minute you're spending on that piece of content. Yeah. That's so smart. I love that. And going back to your comment before about the types of content, because let's say we're talking about Reels and TikTok, doing the trending audios, which are very fun and very easy, they're great for a certain point. But if you want to then take it further in terms of attracting, educating and converting a potential new customer, you're right. It has to be something that calls out their pain point. So if you're if you start your TikTok video, like three things you need to know about natural skincare for acne, whatever. If I'm experiencing acne, I'm it's I'm sitting in that pain and that discomfort. It's your video is going to mean a lot to me and it's an instant follow. And if you're doing it in a credible way, you're building your authority, that building that no like trust factor. 
Yeah, and I think that TikTok is a really good opportunity to position yourself as a subject matter expert, even if it's just to a small audience. But your audience, I was thinking about this before I came on the podcast, was the fact that people want to engage with the brand but they also want to know that they're engaging with a brand that has some depth and it has some passion behind it and it has some thought behind it because we all know that there are brands that exist that are effectively just repurposed products or resold marketed products from AliExpress or whatever. You can find those when you look at the website and you look at the about page and it's all very generic. People want to connect with you and since I have started doing the TikToks more especially, I've found that the the kinds of conversations I'm having with customers and potential customers are quite different because people engage with me like they know me or they'll start yeah. with, I found you on TikTok or, hi, Joe, you seem to know a lot about this. Can I ask this question? So it almost overcomes that initial, who is this person? What do they know? They already feel like they know you. And do you find that's a different experience than Instagram? Like it's dialed up on TikTok? Definitely. And I think that's because... I almost feel like my reach on Instagram has, it's almost like it's run its course. I don't feel like I'm finding new people through Instagram. And if you look at the people that are following me and that are liking the posts that I put up, it is just a portion of my existing followers. So all that that, those sorts of posts do on Instagram, if you were to make things that were native for that platform, it's just a great way to keep your existing audience engaged and updated about what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, it's almost like it's a very watered down way, a watered down function that your email list is doing. Because your email list is highly engaged, new potential customers, returning customers, but the beauty of email is that they're going to convert straight away. Whereas you're doing that same job over on Instagram, but getting them to convert is a lot harder journey. Like it's a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot more curated. Like one of the things about TikTok that people enjoy about the platform is that it is authentic. And you do notice the people that come on there that have started with the same sort of formula that they had on Instagram, where they've gone, I've got a big following on Instagram. This has worked on Instagram. So I'm going to come over here and do the same thing. It isn't like that. It's more like just having a conversation with a friend. Yes. So you have to, if you're going to start on TikTok, you have to approach it in a different, with a different mindset. Yeah. And also thinking about Instagram, if it feels like your audience has, it's or the growth is tapped out, that you almost need to think, okay, how do I shake it up? How do I approach it differently rather than the standard approach? And I'm interested to know, because when we worked together for over a six month period, I was telling you to get in front of your audience and create that that relationship and and the dialogue and the conversation because you were such an expert in what you do. You're a great human. You're engaging. But you had such resistance over it, over getting in front of, like even stories we're talking about. That was, we probably weren't even talking about reels back then. Maybe we were. So much has changed. If I pick up your TikTok now, it's pretty much all of you, a lot of you, plus your user-generated content. So what the heck happened? Let me preface this by saying that you were very patient with me and I very much appreciate that. I suppose what happened was, for one thing, it, I had to go through my process and a lot of that for me was about learning that I have something to offer and that my products 
have something to offer. So I've got to a point with my products where I'm so confident in the efficacy and the results that they can get that I'm happy to shout about it and I'm happy to be challenged on it. For a long Mm. time, I was really nervous about putting myself out there because I was scared someone was going to say, but whatever. And I would feel like I didn't have the language or even the confidence to respond. Whereas now I've come to a place where I'm like, I know these work and I'm happy to challenge or to be challenged on it. And then I think it was also about being confident in understanding the platform and how it worked such that I could feel I could add value in a way that was not natural because it doesn't still doesn't feel natural but at least comfortable for me I do feel that for whatever reason the nature of the TikTok platform just suits my personality better mm-hmm. and so I feel much more comfortable there and part of that too was just taking some time to understand the platform before I dived in. Yeah, yeah. And then further to that was just coming up with a couple of things that resonated or felt comfortable for me. So I have a photography background, so I like things to look, like not overly polished, but at least well presented. Mm. So I invested in some lights. I had a really big battle with myself about using a filter because I was like, I've got a skincare brand. I've got to be authentic. I don't always look the best on video. I'm 46 years old and I'm not doing it because I'm not using a filter. So I'm just right. going to use the bloody filter. Yeah, get over it and keep moving. <laughs> yeah. And everyone does in some way, shape or form, whether yeah. it's makeup or it's lights or it's whatever. So there was that. And then there was really just having to be a little bit uncomfortable to learn and to grow from that learning. A couple of little tips that I've learned is that if you're going to do an explainer video, don't just put up captions like the the bylines, the like subtitles. Yeah. Yes. Also put some key points in like bold at the top. Because if you are talking... People do switch off partway through. They've got short attention spans. So having those points bulleted helps to just emphasize the key things that you're talking about. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think it was a process that I had to go through. But now that I'm there, like it still doesn't feel easy. Like I have had some people call me out and people can be vicious, so vicious. I've heard that about TikTok. It's particularly if there's going to be trolls or people that say mean things that's going to happen on TikTok but yeah how do you get around that do you just delete or respond? Well, so I, as I had that one post that went viral when well, yes I, we need to talk about that okay are we talking about that now have we started okay we can talk about it now yeah <laughs> so, so background explainer I did a post I was I had decided on the day that I just wanted to get one thing up like I had a, a busy day I was like, last thing before I switch off from work is to get a post up on TikTok. I'd recorded something and for whatever reason, it hadn't worked. I can't remember the specifics of it, technical stuff. And so I'd gone upstairs out of my office to spend time with the family and gone, oh, bugger. This yeah. I still feel like I've got something to say. So I sat down with the camera just handheld in my hoodie, measured out all the stuff I'd been thinking about when I tried to make the more professional polish video, yeah. but didn't put in some of the disclaimers that I might have normally put when I explain something, the kind of in most cases and yeah. that often happens. I just went like blanket statement. Yeah. It's quite polarizing. 
And isn't that funny? And isn't it how it always works where the one that you put the least effort into is the one that goes viral? Always. So I think it's at 350,000 people have seen it now and it's had something like 22,000, 22,500 likes. Wow. Okay, so what was the content? So it was a, there's a woman who does like a preamble that with the idea that you stitch it. And so it says oh yeah, something along the lines of what's a scam that's become so normalized that people don't even realize it's a scam anymore. Yeah. And so I called out a few things about the beauty industry, which is the industry I'm in. <laughs> people cared so much about like makeup or not makeup, beauty products and skincare and people get really passionate about yeah. this. And like, Maybe I was a bit naive when I did it, but I was just like, ah, it's just a couple of things I think. Who's really going to care? Yeah. So to answer your original question about how I managed all of that. So I like contextually, like I say, it had 22 and a half thousand likes. I think it's had 500 comments. Of those comments, I've probably had 20 that I've deleted because they were just trolls. Yeah. And to, to create a little kind of framework around that, I watched, oh, I think I yeah watched a little TikTok where someone was talking about that okay. in terms of what do you keep and what do you delete. Yeah. Yeah. Her sort of take on it, which I've adopted, is that your TikToks, it's your platform, it's your, your voice, and it's like having a party and you've got people who are turning up and they're not respecting the other people mm. at the party and they're just ruining the mood. So if people are being rude, then delete them. And yeah. You don't have to make apologies for that. So I like I did have a few moments. Thankfully, it happened when my partner was around and he was able to talk me off a ledge because I was like, wow. Because there were a couple of people were tagging in other beauty experts who clearly had their own agenda. agenda. I didn't yeah. want to end up in a fight with someone. Yeah, that's not your point. Yeah. 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 I it wasn't it wasn't just like easy but what it did do was it grew my account by I think 1,500 followers and it it also put me in touch with people who resonated with what I say so saying something polarizing has a dual purpose obviously it riles up the people that aren't interested in what you're saying but it attracts the people who are and so it's a really good way of finding your audience yes Um, yeah and then I suppose a couple of learnings from that were, were that I f- I feel as a small business, it's important to also have, if you're going to do a little bit of stirring the pot, yeah, it's important to have a couple of other supporting videos around that one, which share kind of your philosophy in other ways. So if you've got this polarizing thing, then you've also got something that either supports that or really clarifies exactly who you are and where you're coming from. And because I noticed that all of the videos around that particular one, people watch them as well. So the views on all of those went up as well. It was funny because at various points I was saying to my partner, should I take it down? Should I just make it private and just let it all go away? And he was like, now let's just put this into some context. Yesterday, if you had could have had yeah. two and a half thousand or one and a half thousand new followers and all of this reach and you would have got 20 negative comments but 22 and a half thousand likes and 500 positive comments you would have taken it wouldn't you yeah like, yeah it, like I say it was a process and I did have to talk myself down a couple of times because I like probably most of us no one likes to be criticized especially when you're talking about your kind of baby your pet project yeah that takes balls yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so that panic, it's only going to last a little while 
work your way through it and see the benefits in it too. So did you see an influx of traffic as well as new followers? Yeah, I saw an influx of traffic. And when you have less than, I think it's when you have less than 10,000 followers, you can see all the people that have looked at your profile on TikTok. So all the people that have just from the video to actually look at you. It didn't immediately result in an uptake of sales, but then it wasn't product related. So what it did was put more people into my kind of orbit of my brand. So more people to remarket to, more people following. And in a lot of ways, it gave me a bit more confidence too, just in my ability to put myself out there and survive. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a journey. Like you said, when we're talking about gaining that confidence, it's interesting as a coach, I can tell you, let's do it. Come on, it's going to work. But you as a human, you had to go through your own process to get to that. It took a little bit longer, but you're there now and you're trying all these different things. They're so interesting. And are you also doing paid advertising on TikTok? Yes, I have. I've been through a real journey as with paid advertising generally. And as most of us know, paid advertising on Facebook is really dying. It's becoming more and more expensive. Yeah. I've really noticed that. So I am doing paid advertising on TikTok, but only in quite a small measured way because there is some feedback that the TikTok algorithm around the paid advertising is still not mature enough to necessarily reach buyers. So I've had a mixture of results from it. And as a result, I'm not spending too much And probably if I were to speak to a TikTok advertising expert, which I'll be doing tomorrow because I've got Mm -hmm. a call lined up with them, they'd say I'm not spending enough to train the algorithm to find the right people, but I'm comfortable with them. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that not necessarily about TikTok, but now as in in Facebook, if you really want to pay to play, you have to be looking at quite a large monthly spend. It's just the way it is. So if you've only if you're only prepared to spend two hundred dollars a month, don't bother. Yeah, I wonder if that's the same as TikTok. Yeah, it seems to be. And to be perfectly honest, I've had so many bad experiences with buying into that kind of rhetoric and then mm-hmm. having it backfire or not having it pay off. Or and even if it does pay off, you really need to be looking at your returns. So for me, like even a three hundred percent ROAS, which return on ad spend, which most advertisers would say was really good, I'm still only breaking even by the time I include my product costs and my cost of shipping and all of those things. So you do have to be quite conscious of exactly what you need to like what you need to return in order to make money also whether or not because in some cases that has value just finding new customers and your lifetime customer value and all of those things but at the same time there are less expensive ways to reach an audience in terms of just putting yourself out there with a TikTok exactly and it comes down to choosing making the intentional decision okay, I'm going to follow a paid advertising strategy or am I going to go hard on organic marketing or a blend of both? But, you know, doing that in a really intentional manner like you have researching first and then going all in rather than maybe following trends and trying a little bit of everything, hoping that something sticks. Yeah. And and that in itself is a process. You've got to make mistakes in your business to figure out, okay, I'm not going to be doing that again. I'm going to be approaching things differently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I suppose I probably, over the years, I started out being a bit more scattergun, but I think 
as I've grown in my understanding of marketing and how it works, I think I've become more intentional Mm. and I'm definitely, that's definitely paying off. And I think that being like, sometimes it feels to me like I'm trying to be, I don't know what the position is in like football, like when you're pushing like the whole scrum on your own. Yeah. And that's what it feels like in business sometimes where I feel like you're doing your marketing, you've got to do your customer service, you've got to send your orders, you've got to order your stock, you've got to keep on top of everything. And especially in the early days, I think just being, it's it seems scattergun, but it's all that you can do. Yeah, yeah. I think as your business matures, you start to learn what works and you start to be able to manage your time in such a way that the things that you're doing are the things that work and you just cut a few more things away. Yes, I totally agree with that, that growth isn't necessarily doing more, adding more ways of marketing and growing to your plate. It's taking them away. Mm. Like you said, so you're pushing seven different football players. Instead, you're pushing maybe three with a bit more force. So you're seven years into your business. What would you say to someone who is like maybe one to two years, what would be your golden nuggets of advice? I've actually just got a book out of the library called The Road Less Stupid. Uh, and it's about the fact that success in business sometimes isn't about doing the kind of one big sparkly thing that you think is going to make you lots of money. It's about not doing anything stupid and doing lots of things well and consistently. And so a few years in, I did the stupid thing and invested a lot of money into a marketing agency, this story, which didn't yield me any results and cost me a lot of money. And I think I remember being at that stage and feeling like it was a bit of a lonely journey. And if I had someone to just help me boost what I was doing and take a little bit of work off my plate, then I could be exponentially more successful in a really short space of time. And I'm sorry to say, I just don't think it works that way for most of us. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that that's the journey. And so rather than doing one kind of really wild thing, find your tribe, like find, be it a networking group or be it Lisa Burns course who mm-hmm. help you put some of those things into place that will create a really solid foundation for you to take your business, you know, into the next three or four or five years do that instead of sort of taking a punt on something which may or may not pay off, but it feels like if it did pay off, it would be amazing because those high risk, high reward opportunities, that risk factor can really break you. Yeah, yeah. All the hundreds of women that I've spoken to, the success hasn't come from those big sparkly moments, like those big, I'm going to chuck this at that and it's going to be great and it's the answer to all my problems. It's one foot in front of the other, foundations first, hiring, learning, testing, growing. And if you're at that point where you feel like I've given this two years of my life and I don't think I can do it, give it another two years, then there's nothing wrong with taking a step away and taking a mental health kind of retreat, going away for a weekend or a week or a month to really decide if that is what you want or if you have had enough because in seven years' time, no one's going to remember that you took a month off. No. Um, And no one's going to remember if a product you launched was a flop. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off. And you've probably, like, since I've known you, which is probably two plus years, you've had times where you're like, okay, I need to 
reevaluate, make a new plan, go back to basics. And that's all part of the process too. Don't be afraid to, yeah, throw plans out the window, start again, take time off to get that clarity. Yeah, definitely. And especially as I think a lot of your audience are mums, as Mm. I am, like our energy is pulled in so many different directions. And I don't, I think we're probably our own harshest critic in terms of, in terms of that, just give yourself a break, take a minute and remember that you're doing amazing. Yes, yes. You're doing the bold, brave, exciting path. Fortune favours the brave. Yeah, and Lisa and I were just talking before the podcast started about how our husbands, if they could just take a minute to see what it is that we've actually done. I was just saying that my husband's taken three months off work and he's been working, sending out orders for me. And it's funny because he's been with me for the entire journey and I talk to him every day about my business, but it's not until he's actually been really hands in the clay with it that he's learned the depth and the potential and really seen how much it is that I've managed to do while simultaneously raising the children and all of that stuff. So I think it's amazing also when you see it through someone else's eyes who's close to you. Like I say, we are hard on ourselves, but when you take a step back and look at it with a fresh set of eyes, it's cool. It's amazing. Yes, yes. And that it's important to celebrate the wins, the small wins, the big wins. Give yourself a pat on the back and ask for support. That's so cool that you've got him packing orders, getting his hands dirty. Yeah, he's so funny. He's like very particular about, because I've got quite high standards and I was like, now you've got to fold the tissue this way <laughs> and two layers and all the stuff. And so now he's, no, I'm folding. No, I can't, no. Yeah, I'm constant. <laughs> I want to hear in three months time what the outcome is. If he's, yeah, I'm sold. We're going to we're going to take this global baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly he's, it's factoring much more into our lives. Whereas before it was kind of a side hustle thing that I did. Now yeah. it's, I feel like we're taking it seriously as a family and it's a, it's an actual part of our family kind of future. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. It, ha- it has to be like that to really be a big part of yeah your future. So yeah, have those conversations with your partner. If only they would listen. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've sat down with Russell and go, right, I need you to support me or to come into this business. And if you do, we're going to be millionaires. That's that whole, what is it? The patriarchal way of working. The man's got the corporate job, the steady income stream, blah, blah, blah. Whereas hang on over here, we've got moguls, mogul, whatever that word is in the making. If we only had that little bit of extra support. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's funny because my partner's the same. Like you said, I've got a very traditional job, a steady income. And I've been going, but we're missing out on so much because we don't actually have any time to just live our lives. And now that he's taken the time off and he's seeing what it is I've created, he sees the value and he's like, oh, yeah, we can be going for coffee and morning, like going exactly. out for lunch and be living our lives and still be every now and then there's a ching and it's not the money in my bank account. It's so cool. Yes, that's so true. Get everything done in the morning, go enjoy the afternoon and what have you. That, that That's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool that he sees it. I'm excited to hear what happens after this little experiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for chatting today, Joe. It's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, absolutely. And we'll have to have you back on again. Um, and where can people find your amazing oils? So I'm at loveskin.co on obviously Google and loveskin oils on socials, TikTok. 
Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I think I'm Love Skin Oils on there as well. Awesome. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ecommerce Marketing Society podcast. If you want to keep getting juicy marketing goodness into your ears each week, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and be sure to please leave a five-star review on iTunes so I can keep sharing all this good stuff with you. Until next time, keep taking those big or baby steps. I'm cheering you on every part of the way.